You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Hey, everyone. If you are looking to tap into a cool new niche that you can take your private practice to six figures or more, check out my guy, Derek Collins, at courtmandatedtraining.com. He helps licensed therapists expand their practices by working with court-mandated clients. So if you are burnt out, Tired of writing notes, dealing with insurance companies, I highly recommend that you check out what Derek has to offer. He can show you how to get paid cash every day through court-mandated evaluations and classes like anger management, domestic violence, substance use, shoplifting, theft prevention, and more. This niche can be a breakthrough that you have been looking for. Go to courtmandatedtraining.com and watch the free webinar to get started. Remember, that is courtmandatedtraining.com. Hey everyone, this is Patrick with the All Things Private Practice Podcast. You're listening to another episode. Today, I am joined by Dr. Lisa Lovelace, who runs the Facebook group, How to Build an Online Therapy Group Practice. She is a psychologist up in a very, very warm Minnesota where it's six degrees today. <laughs> and we're kind of going to talk about like the messiness that goes on behind the scenes, because I think a lot of people think that for those of us who have reputations, things are really, really easy. And Life is really glamorous. Like right now I'm sitting in my friend's kitchen in St. Pete so I could get away from my barking Shih Tzu. So <laughs> this is uh, this is the process, y'all. And uh, Lisa, I'm really happy to have you here. Well, thanks for having me. I am glad to meet you finally in Zoom personhood. Um, we've been able to chit chat and share resources all behind the scenes. And this is like an honor to be on your show. So thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Zoom chit chats are the, the social ways these days, huh? And like with everything changing. So without COVID, you know, I, I know how destructing and devastating it's been, but like so many relationships have been formed that you never would have met. We never would be sitting here had it not been for that, I don't think. So tell us a little bit about this passion of yours, like building online group therapy practices, because I have a group practice. It's pretty much hundred percent telehealth and it's messy. Like you and I were just talking about, like yeah. it's not always an easy process by any means. Not at all. And if you can believe there was a time before COVID um, where somebody was doing an online group practice, fully remote practice, like three short years ago, this was super novel. People thought it was a little weird, a little crazy, even online therapy for solo practitioners. It was like, what are you doing? Why would you do that? Nobody's going to pay you. Nobody wants to see you online. And <laughs> You know, it was working for me. I was doing it since 2016, 2017 and as a group. And, you know, it's been an incredible ride ever since. And it was right before the pandemic, actually. Uh, people were like, will you do a consult? I really want to learn what you're doing. How did you do this? Because clearly brick and mortar was a thing, but not 100% remote. Like it wasn't even a hybrid. Like people weren't doing that as much. And I started, you know, doing consultations. I created this Facebook group and like COVID hit in March and then it just was nuts. And I was like, oh my gosh, here we go. <laughs> and then everybody like 
group practices were consulting with me, like, how did you get this? And how'd you do that? And solo people were like going online and then they were wanting to expand and add somebody because they were so busy. So I'd say, you know, it was a project before and now it's just everybody is like doing it. And it's been so fun and exciting to meet you and meet so many other people and help them grow. I mean, it's just, it's so needed. Like we were talking about, like some people ask like, why would you want to teach other people how to do what you're doing? Because what if they do it better than you? And I'm like, I hope so. Like, it's like your kids, you know, it's like, I hope they're better than me. Um, you know what I mean? Like, cause they become like your trainees in a way they're you're consulting and you're like, I want them to succeed because you know what? There's way too many clients out there that need the care. So that's kind of like my philosophy on the whole thing. Yeah. I love that perspective. And that's definitely how I move through the world as, as well, because even in my coaching, you know, practice building. And now that I have a group practice, people are coming to me for that. And it's like, I want them to be successful because their yeah. reputation and, and success is my success. And, and then we can mm -hmm. share in it. And we're in a mental health pandemic. And I mean, people are struggling and there are so many clients out there that need support. And, you know, I think there's even some like almost uh, bitterness or envy that comes up from some group practice owners that I know where it's like, why are all these therapists starting group practices right now? That means they're going to take clients from me. That means they're going to take potential therapist hires from me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe. But at the same time, like that's yeah. such a weird, insecure mindset to have. And I don't think it ultimately like stops you from hiring or from getting no. clients. It's just kind of a bizarre mindset to me. And I've never had it. Do you see that a lot in yeah. perspectives? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, as, as telehealth expands, we're seeing a lot of venture capitalists giving money up the wazoo to all these big companies from ones we probably don't really like as Those much. Those will not name on here, right? Like Voldemort and Harry Potter. Exactly. Don't even say it. And then to other ones that are like, I think they're just filling a gap into an already messed up system. And, you know, we're trying to change the system, but we're also trying to have our own practices. And I, I do hear and see that group practices feel like they're struggling trying to find versus like before the pandemic, I'd have like 10, 20 people apply a month. So it's different, but I do think it's going to kind of come back around. And I think it's going to just continue to expand and grow. And there's ways for like group practice owners to have partnerships with other kinds of businesses and companies to help your own clinicians grow and, and get more clients or see insurance clients without having to do the insurance stuff. And one of the biggest things is um, people say, well, there's all these other businesses out here. Why would they want to join a group practice? Like, what do you provide that, you know, I'm like, really? Like, oh my gosh, there's plenty of clinicians that are super happy to go out on their own, do all the things, do all the heavy lifting, but then they're also just kind of on their own. And there's so much to be said for a group culture, online, in person, whatever, and that you can get so much more out of that community and who you are as a group practice owner or who you hire to create that culture. Um, people want to work with you. They want to learn from you. And so as I'm teaching my own clinicians that I consult with who are building is they have to understand like who they are as a person and like who you are, Patrick, is so different than who I am and is so different from my friend Brittany and her big practice. And like everybody's so different that you're going to find people that want to swim in your lane in the water and the color that that is. And you have to explain why 
that kind of person, clinician, is going to be good for your practice. And they're going to find you and they're going to seek you out. So I hear it. I sense it. I get it. But like there's still room for everybody and people have to choose kind of what they want and also how we as group practice owners show up and give so much value. It's way more than a billing company. Not that they don't give value. I love my billing companies, but I'm saying it's a completely different mindset in a coach. Like how many people can say like, yeah, my group practice owner teaches people how to do this and she's a coach to me and she supports me and like, it's like a blend you know, of therapy and family and friendship and colleague and mentor. It's, it's beautiful. That's so well said. So perfectly well said. And I agree with every single thing. Like, I think I have a lot of people that come to me now and they're like, okay, I'm so busy that I don't want to refer out. I want to refer in. And I always ask them, like, do you want to be a boss? Do you want to have a group culture? Or do you just want to make more money because you don't want to send these referrals elsewhere? And if the answer is not, I want to be a boss, I want to be a leader. I don't think you should do this because you're going to get really overwhelmed and resentful because it is not as simple as just like setting up a simple practice account for everyone and just letting it run. Like I know behind the scenes, I am helping with the culture because I want to cultivate something that feels like camaraderie and chemistry. And we're all online. So that has become challenging. But we try to meet once a month for dinners. We try to like have team meetings and team building at really cool places. Like we go axe throwing and zip lining and like oh, all of this so stuff. Nice. It just is important to me because I think so many therapists out there feel so undervalued or underappreciated at their agency jobs or yes. potentially like shitty group practices. And then they're like, I just want to feel valued. I just want to feel seen. And I think a lot of therapists also come to group practices because they don't want to do the other stuff. They just yeah. want to see the clients and show up. And I questioned that at first. I was like, why would some co someone work for me if they could go <laughs> work for themselves, right? Right, right. And uh my clinical director is one of my best friends and she sucks at the business side of things. And I will say that to her face. She knows it. Like she and I both started private practices at the same time in 2017, 18. I can't even remember. And she folded up shop in like six months because she couldn't handle the admin side, the marketing, yeah. the networking. Like it's so, much. I think people overlook that, right? Like what we provide as group practice owners, especially like you said, if we're trying to cultivate a culture that feels like teamwork, people who are really doing good work, they feel appreciated, they feel seen. I incorporate my private practice coaching into my group practice because if some of them want to leave and start their own thing, which is inevitable, I want them to be successful. I don't want to have the mindset. I don't want any of these people to leave and go into the community and that's going to hurt right. my business. It's like, no, that mentality is actually what hurts your business. I agree hundred percent. I, and I love that you had said that you take your coaching into your practice with each one of your uh, clinician. And that is 100% what I do as well. It's like some days I have to remind myself, I'm like, I'll come up with this idea. I'll be like, oh shit, like I just told all these clinicians to go do something I'm not doing in my practice. Like, I'm not gonna lie. I came up with something really brilliant. I'm not even doing it. I'm like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> and I'm like, and then I feel get bad and then I feel guilty. And then I'm like, the next day I'm on like, you know, Facebook or whatever. We have a Facebook group that's private. They're like my emails. And I'm like fully, totally starting to do it. And I'm like, whoosh, you know, like, you know, wow, how did I totally miss it? Because you do get a little tunnel vision of like, this is my group practice. And we're all like, this is my online consulting stuff that I do. And it, it's separate, um, but it, it is so like infused because like you're sometimes 
just like therapy is like sometimes, you know, you'll think of something to tell somebody and you're like, I don't do that. That sounds amazing. <laughs> like, I don't do what I just told you to do. <laughs> I think our culture as professions and or in the profession of therapy is like, we don't always practice what we preach like 90% mm. of the time, right? Like I can tell my client all day, like be self, exhibit self-compassion and like do these things that yeah. really help. And then I go home and I'm like, no, I can't fucking do that for me. Like that's not <laughs> possible. So you're so you're definitely right about that. And like, I try really hard to bring all of my therapists into my coaching world. So all of them take my courses for free, because I think that's a benefit for them. You know, if they want to learn how to write better copy or content, if they want to learn marketing and networking strategy, if they want to work through their imposter syndrome. I feel like that's my job as a leader in my practice to be able to provide what I'm providing elsewhere, because I think that yeah. makes them better clinicians in the long run and also prevents burnout. If you're really striving to understand like group practice ownership, private practice ownership, like entrepreneurship, we are in this for a reason, right? Like we don't want to work the 40 hour work weeks. We don't want to grind it out. We want to have autonomy and freedom and flexibility. Like I'm working from St. Pete today and I live in Asheville. I do this all the time. And I don't think you can do that if you're just like punching a clock and checking in and feeling micromanaged oh. all the time. Totally, totally. I'm uh, I'm heading out tomorrow. We're going to do a, like an impromptu Disney trip. Like, and and I'm like, okay, everybody, like my support team, I'm like, see ya, you know, I got, I still have so much to do and I'll probably work at night. My little one's sleeping, but like, we can just take off for a week. And I'm just like, I didn't see any clients because I don't have to, you know, seeing clients is kind of like, uh, you know, for me, it helps kind of with like extra things I need to pay for. But it's not like, you know, that's my 100% living, which is so different than growing up in the field, quote unquote, with the agency work and like the 40 hours and the 200 million clients a week of which I loved, but it was too much. And so then, you know, you break away sometimes from the agency work, you go out solo, which is where I started <clears throat> online and um, then moved into the group. And it's like this evolution of self-care. and. It, again, like you said, if you don't like the business or know the business stuff, like you don't have to know it. You can learn it, but you have to somehow like it enough where you don't like completely crumble, like you said. And um, I love the novelty and the freedom where it's not an appointment to do make my marketing videos for my staff or like have consultations with my staff. Like I can be anywhere. Um, and so there's just this flexibility that comes moving away from agency, moving away from even solo and becoming a group practice owner, I don't have the brick and mortar. So I don't have to go in. I don't have to deal with water leaks and somebody slipping on the ice. Like I don't have to deal with all that stuff. I couldn't, I would. Oh, or rent. Or rent. Give me a break. So it's like, this works just as great. And in, in my opinion, I think for many reasons, even more um, in, in some ways, some ways, probably not. But like, I love that I have that freedom to say I can take a week off and in another month I can take another week off because I'm still having that income coming in through the practice. And I am by no way, shape or form making millions of dollars. That's not my practice. I give in a ridiculously high split of 80%. People, my accountants are like, oh, I think we're gonna, <laughs> God bless them. I don't know what we're doing here, but like, you could be making a lot more. And I'm like, yeah, no, but you know, like I, I like what I'm doing and I like that they're happy. And like, so it's like this, even with a ridiculously high split, I can still 
feel comfortable. It's not huge, but it's comfortable to feel like I'm at where I want to be. And I, I know it'll grow and change and morph over time, but like I can go to Disney and like still kind of work and still not have to. It's huge. And still make some money, you know? And yeah, still make money. You know, yeah. This is really cool to connect with you because I, I practice the exact same way. And yeah, I, w- I wish we sometimes found more group practice owners that were less concerned about, I don't want to say exploiting their therapist because that's not the right word, but less concerned about the money aspect because all I wanted to ever do once I got into private practice, right, was leave my mental health job. I never yeah. saw anything else being possible. Once I got really good at it, I get bored very easily, you know, and then I'm like, okay, what else can I do? Oh, I want to do <laughs> private practice coaching, but I don't have enough energy because I'm seeing 25 clients yeah. a week. Okay. How can I step back from this? And I hired my first therapist last January as a- like, That's it? That's yeah, it? yeah. And that, he was a friend of mine and he kept asking, he's like, can I come work for you? I'm like, why? Like, go work for yourself. I will help you build your fucking business <laughs> for free. And, That's uh, how it started with me too. A colleague at yeah. the university said, can you teach me what, what to do? And I'm just like, and it's hey, just come people on you trust, you know? And like, maybe one day that will bite me in the ass because like six of my friends work for me. But, you know- I want to pay them well. I want them to feel like they they like their jobs. I want them to feel like they are not taking for granted that they're appreciated. Like my splits are really, really high too. And my biller will always ask me, she's like, you're giving this person another bump in pay. Like you're not going to make this much money. Yeah. This allows me to step back, not send therapy clients anymore. Do my coaching, do my podcast, do my retreats. Like I could never have done that without stepping away and transitioning clients out. And over the last year, because my group practice is only a little over a year old, I transitioned 35 clients off my caseload. And oh, those conversations were really fucking hard because yeah. it brings up abandonment stuff on both yeah. sides. But they landed in the right spots. A lot of them landed with my clinicians that I have now. And I feel okay about that, you know? And again, like you said, it's not about making all the money. It is just about being able to step back and focus on other things that you really love to do. You know, um, we were talking briefly before we started about um, people in my Facebook group were wanting to see behind, like, what do I do every day? Like what they were like, if I'm going to do this, like I, they don't have a conceptual idea of like, what does this literally look like in your day-to-day life? How do you manage it all? Because it is a lot of work. And I, I said, I could work 24 seven and never get it done if I wanted to, even with support. Now, not all the people doing group, you know, are like that. They have different groups or they have, you know, I probably didn't let go of certain things. I still don't probably enough. But like I ended up making a video and I recorded bits of myself every day doing personal things, political things, um, you know, kind of showing like me in my office and what I'm doing and where I'm going, what I'm eating and what apps I'm using. And like, and then my editor, Andrea Potashnik, she's, so adorable. She cut it into this like, kind of like a tiktok kind of thing for 16 minutes. And she was like editing it and adding stuff and like zooms in on my face and then like stupid, stupid crap of like, here I'm eating chilies. And like, it's just so funny because it almost turned into a food blog and I had to be very careful. It wasn't going to be a junk food blog, <laughs> but it's like, I'm, I want people to see a little glimpse. Clearly it's not every day and everything, but it's like, here's kind of blips and blurbs of what I do and what it looks like in the reality of our life, or at least my life to, to help you see like, like, it's not glamorous. Like it's, 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 it's a lot of work. It's not glamorous, but it's, it, I choose it. 
Like I get to choose when I do what and it's nothing better than that, you know? And so I'm excited to push this out to my VIP newsletter list of people. They're curious and they want to see it. Have you ever like shown the behind the scenes like that or done anything like that? I haven't, but now you've got me thinking because I'm just thinking about all the things that I did today. And Monday is right? always crazy. Like I get up and I already anticipate. I'm like, all right, I'm going to look at our like team chats. I'm going to look at all the missed calls. I'm going to look at all the emails. We have admin support. Like you said, sometimes it's totally to relinquish, but it is just so busy. We've exploded. And like, we have a psychiatric provider on staff and he can see a hundred people a week. And it is so challenging to keep up with all of the calls for him, all of the appointments, oh all the med denials from insurance. And I'm like, oh, okay. Some days I wish I didn't have a group practice, but that is balanced <laughs> out by the tech that I'm like, yeah. I love my staff. I love that we've created this culture. Um, but ultimately you're wearing so many different hats throughout the day that get overlooked. I think a lot of people's perception of group practice is really, um, not accurate where they think you're just having these therapists make you money and that's all right. it is. And I'm like, there is so, so, so much more than that. Like you are mentoring, you are supervising, you are doing admin work, you are dealing sometimes with clients issues. You are, yeah. I mean, there is just Credit so much involved. Yes. Website I, issues. Oh, this the link doesn't work. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, telehealth went down today. We're like, what right. do I do in this situation? I'm like, you know, and we do treatment team and we, we have a pretty good foundation. And that doesn't mean it's easy. That doesn't mean that you aren't having sleepless, restless night or having sleepless. Bleh. That doesn't mean you're sleeping well, because all the time you're concerned about your staff's well-being, too. And you're like, like you said, it feels like you're almost a parent in a way because yeah. you really do care about the outcomes, not just for the clients, but for your staff as well. One of the things that I love the most about having a group practice, and you can even have a great culture, as we all know now that online has been a thing, but I knew this before and I'll always continue, is like the relationships that I have with the therapist. Like I see W2, it doesn't matter you who you are as like a potential or a current group practice owner, that they want to connect with you, you know? And like I've become friends with people that I wasn't friends with to start because I spend a lot of time interviewing if I don't know you, because if I'm not going to send my kid to you or my mom to you for your clinical expertise or your personality or how like just you're warm and I like talking to you and I like I feel good just listening to you in the interview and like, you know, there's so many aspects to that. And then over time, we build so much trust and like I learn about what's happening if somebody died or somebody was born or if somebody is going through a hard time, like they're trusting me with that information. And I'm like, what do you need me to do? How can I help you? How can I support you? Because it is a family, you know, it becomes a family. It doesn't matter how far apart you are or what your legal status is with your business entity. It's about you, you know, and like how you attach to people and how you like draw out the best in people. And um, if you don't like that, I, you can certainly hire somebody to do it, but it'll be still your baby passed down through them. So you have to like them, whoever you have kind of leading the pack. So there's ways to step out, I think, even more as we go along. But I think it just it's always about like, who is the parent at the top? And how is that getting seen and felt and heard? Like you said, you're, you know, coaching through and becoming such good friends or you were good friends. Um, to start, like, it really becomes like such a family. And I love that part. I love it too. I think it's so unique in our industry to feel like you can create this type of support. 
because private practice is really isolating if you're on your own and you're just head down seeing clients end of the day, your brain doesn't work anymore. And you're like, I can't even tell my spouse or partner or friends about what I did today or talked about. And, you know, in the group practice world, it just feels like a unified team. And I do think you're right. Like it starts at the top with the culture that the owner sets, right? And people have had bad group practice experiences and then moved into others where they're like, oh, this is really supportive. And my staff, very often, my new staff, they'll ask my you know staff who have been here longer, I guess a year is longer. Uh, <laughs> is this too good to be true? Like everything Patrick said seems too good to be true. Like the encouraging vacation, you know, the encouraging of mental health stipends and mental health days and like being able to work 15 to 20 hours a week if that's what I need and that's what I want. Like, I want that to be the culture. I want people to feel supported. When I travel, I think of them, like I buy little gifts for them. I think about like their hobbies and I've got staff that live in Indiana who are licensed in North Carolina, everyone. Um, staff that live in South Carolina that are licensed in North Carolina. Like we have become like a family. We go to like holiday dinners and we cool. had everyone drive in from wherever they live to go to like have this big, really awesome holiday experience. And like, I just think that's so powerful for people because they don't experience that in corporate America. And I think we're seeing a mass exodus from community mental health because it's like I know it. the pandemic shows that they don't fucking care about you. And if they're going to make you come work 50 hours a week, not protect you, pay you 10, no, 15 to $20 an hour, yeah. why would you not? Why wouldn't you leave? I mean, I, I just think we're going to start to see more and more of that. And even if you're a telehealth practice, a brick and mortar, a hybrid, I just think that we're going to continue to see this shift in psychotherapy where it's like, I'm not working in community mental health. I'm going straight from grad school into practice. And okay. I don't know how you feel about that. I hear a lot of people are like, no, you have to go into community mental health in order to be a good clinician. And I'm like, yeah, that's complete bullshit. My clinical supervisor <laughs> can give you so much better quality supervision than you're going to get from someone who's overworked, seeing 50 of you at a time. Like, yeah. It's all about the supervisor. I mean, we have interns and associates in Synergy who are in school or just graduated and licensed and needing some hours. And, you know, they are, and I say, I, I say as Casey Bragg, she's like the clinician who oversees most of that. And it's mostly South Carolina interns and, and whatnot. And when we are putting out our information, this is not just an internship, get your hours. This is learn how to do telehealth. Learn how to open up your own private practice, whether it's within Synergy, because we're kind of like a collective where everybody's got their own practice, whatever. And then, or, you know, learn how to do, you know, obviously the clinical work and the notes and all the things, but it's such a bigger project than I ever even knew existed when I was graduating from doctorate program. Like you just got matched and you did whatever. And now people are like reaching out to me. Like I would never have even known to do that. I would never have even thought to reach out to like a private practitioner in my life. And now people are like, don't even go through their school. <laughs> and they're just like, I found your information. I see that you do this. Like, can I apply? And it's just crazy. It's amazing. So I think because now people are getting, there's so many more of us, whereas before you only had your agencies that you could go to. It's not like that now. And it's probably just going to continue to expand. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who wouldn't yeah. want to come work for you instead of being in constant crisis and vicarious trauma all the time? And we get a lot of intern requests. I need to start thinking of that. Are you doing that? We haven't yet. And I, I just think that I feel like I haven't known what to do. Like my process for a lot of things in my businesses in my life is like figure it out as I go. And yeah, um, 
I, like I said, I started this group a year ago. We have 12 therapists and a psychiatrist. And I'm like, I'm just kind of figuring this out as we're building this. So like, I do think interns are a possibility. We do take on associate licensed therapists to give them that experience. I've reached out to my grad school so many times and said like, hey, I would love to come talk about private practice and going into a group practice out of school. And I've been told nobody's interested in that. They don't oh. want to work in private practice. I'm like, that is insecurity and resentment that you have a doctorate and you're making less money than associate licensed therapists. Like, where is this narrative coming from? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Ugh. It's been uh, it's been a bit upsetting. And then I'm like, well, that's not true because so many of my your students are taking my courses of how to start a private practice. So like, I yeah. think we want freedom. Like we want autonomy. We want this creative process. So it's good to know that we can exist simultaneously. And I hope that people that are listening, like you've got to get past the insecurity and comparison traps of like, I can't exist with this other person who's doing the same thing that prevented me so for so long of starting my coaching business, because I live in Asheville where Allison for a year in abundance practice building also exists. And I'm a good <laughs> friend of hers, but I'm thinking, why would somebody hire me if they could hire her? And yeah. I think that happens a lot with group practice ownership, why would I, you know, refer to A, B, and C? Why would I help someone build their business? Because that's taking away from my business. I think it's actually doing the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. And I agree that that is a mindset of, you know, like we all can have similar ex like things that we do and offer. And like we talked about, we're so different, all of us. And we have a very different business style. We have a different personality style. Um, and, and once I asked, it was somebody, uh, I'm on like a group Voxer chat with some other therapists that have some Facebook groups that are pretty mammoth. And mine is like, little. I'm like, I'm the little baby therapist group, you know. <laughs> I don't care. I have a big personality. I'm 5'2". Um, and anyways, so it's funny because I was like, we had this conversation like, why would somebody want to work with in us? And then at the time, I was just kind of leaning in on what they were saying about me versus like other people that, you know, have been doing this a long time. And, you know, like, it's interesting to hear the answers, right? Like one of them was just like, well, you just seem kind of like really accessible or really real. Or like when you show up, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing half the time. I just enjoy it. And I'm like, here's me, you know, I don't think I've showered for three days. I don't wear makeup. Like I'm not on here trying to like, you know what I mean? Like my stuff is not super fancy. It's just like bare bones because this side hustle is something I love, but it's not like my synergy is like where I'm kind of massaging my delicateness. And like, this is like, I want to help you, but it's not going to look super pretty. Like, so I, and I think that that ha resonates with a certain subset of people where it doesn't seem as, um, maybe intimidating in some ways as maybe people who have it more together. They have some big programs and they're doing great too. It's just like, how do I differentiate me from you and anyone listening? You want to do any of it, group practice, ownership, private practice, telehealth, this insurance, that like whatever side hustle you want to do or group practice. Like if you can figure out who you are and how to make it yours and feel good about that, whether it's two people or 200, like, you know, like, like, enjoy that, like, somebody's going to resonate with you, like somebody's going to like you and listening to you and talking to you, because for whatever reason, it feels better for them. 
there has to be choice. I mean, how many Hershey bars are out there? Not Hershey, but chocolate bars. Like you go to the chocolate aisle, how many are there? <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah, you can't live in that world of, you know, feeling insecure and competitive and compare all the time because like, you know, and the people who look like they have it all put together are probably not all put together. It's just very good branding and very good uh, aesthetics totally. in a lot of ways, but we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. And I think that we attract and repel a lot of the time, not just in coaching, not just in Facebook groups, not just in group practice ownership. Like people are either going to be drawn to your personality or they're not going to be drawn to your personality. And that is okay. Um, when I ask people, why do you hire me to be your coach when other people exist? Right? I just like that you're real. Like I don't get the feeling that you're disingenuous or you're not going to show up for me. And I'm like, oh, okay. So it really is just about how you show up and move through yeah. the world. And I think if everyone can just, you know, take that in and, and think about how you want to move through the world and align with your values, things will get easier and you will attract people who are drawn to what you offer. And I think this is really good advice from uh, Lisa. So I hope this is helpful for people who are considering group practice or in group practice, you know, really shifting mindset and just realizing there is room for everybody. And I think that's really important in this uh, new kind of era of coaching and psychotherapy. So um, Lisa, I did just want to ask you before we kind of go, like, where can people find you if they want to hire you, if they want to see what you've got to offer? Like, where where are people going to find Lisa Lovelace? Yeah, um, tomorrow in Disney World, but um, otherwise. <laughs> Don't approach Lisa in Disney World, please. I, exactly. I will have a Mickey ears uh, mimosa in my hand. Um, uh, so the best place for, for learning how to build an online group practice is that therapy Facebook group. So if you just Google how to build an online therapy group practice, it'll show up. Anybody can join and just leave me your information. So I know you're not a, a, you know, virtual bot coming in. And I have, you know, my website is synergyetherapy.com. My accountant still says and lawyer still says it's kind of in the same lane. So we don't have to separate it all quite yet. Um, so I'm like, that's fine. You know, I don't yet have a whole different website. I have like a landing page on my main site under the resources and you can kind of see some more stuff there. Um, and in the Facebook group, um, you know, you can sign up. I have a free checklist for how to start your online group practice, all the things you might just need to think about. Um, I've got uh a couple other amazing therapists and group practice so, or not group practice owners, um, Facebook group owners. We did a multi-state uh, webinar for free, 60 minutes. I have that posted in there. Um, and then coming out for my VIPs on my newsletter is a glimpse into my world, I guess. Um, it's not super exciting, but my editor made it really fun. So you can get on that, uh, get in my newsletter and um if you want to email me, Dr. Lisa, D-R-L-I-S-A at synergyetherapy.com. Thank you for sharing that. And I will put all of that in the show notes for you so that you can find all of this wonderful information. Um, and if you want to find more of All Things Private Practice, that is also a Facebook group. New podcast episodes coming out. Download, like, subscribe, and we will see you next week. Thanks, Lisa, for being here. Thank you. So good to see you here. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.